I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's story of the prodigal son, his very forgiving father, and his jealous brother is a difficult one to wrestle with. It does not fit within our society's expectations of what should happen in a situation such as this. Here we have a younger son who goes to his father, a father who already provides everything for him, and he asks his father for money, a situation I'm sure we can all relate to. But this was not just a $20 bill, but his entire half of the inheritance that he is expected to receive when his father dies. Except his father is not yet dead. His father is still very much alive and using this land, the livestock, and the goods that the younger brother has asked to receive. Surprisingly, the father agrees to the son's request, even though his son's action of asking for the inheritance was tantamount to telling his father, I wish you were dead. This is how very shocking and offensive this request would have been at this culture in this time. So the son takes his money at great cost to his family and uses it to fund his independent lifestyle. And he basically squanders it all on what Luke calls dissolute living. And inevitably, when the alcohol wears off and the money runs out, the son finds himself in great need. So, he finds work as a hired hand, feeding pigs. However, he is so poor and destitute at this time that he cannot even get a scrap of food that he feeds the pigs in order to feed himself. This is where we find him at rock bottom, where he sees how far he has gone astray from the love and generous provision of his father. So he literally turns around and begins the long journey back home to his father. When he arrives, he receives not what he deserves, but what he does not. Instant grace and forgiveness from his father. His father runs out to meet him the moment he sees him on the horizon and embraces his son and kisses him. The son is expecting rejection and stands ready to plead for mercy, but instead he is instantly forgiven. Forgiven before he even has time to speak the words of his well-prepared apology. And in yet another perplexing move, 
The father adorns the son with fine robes, rings, and then holds a grand feast in his honor. Meanwhile, the older brother watches on, seething with jealousy. This brother has been a good and faithful son. He has followed all of the rules and done exactly what was expected of him. He has worked hard for his father and for the benefit of his family and the farm. And his younger brother did the complete opposite, took his father's possessions with insult, ran away from home, and squandered it all. And the brother was justified to feel jealous and angry. Personally, I can relate to these feelings of resentment from the brother. It's not fair. Nothing about what the younger son received from the father was fair. The son deserved to have been shunned as an outcast for rejecting the family so very flagrantly and punished for his brazen disrespect. But instead, the son received instant mercy, love, and forgiveness before he had even made it home to apologize. This parable goes against our notions of justice and fairness. The younger son did not get what he deserved. If we as judge and jury were to decide, he would have been punished, cast out likely, and certainly used as an example of how not to treat your family. There would have been no forgiveness until he had suffered sufficiently for his crime and learned his lesson. However, Jesus tells us, this is not our courtroom. The courtroom of the kingdom belongs to God. God decides the rules. And God is creating a whole new framework for justice. God's framework does not meet repentance with punishment. God responds to our homecomings with abundant grace, mercy, forgiveness, and love. In our parable, the moment that the son recognizes his wrong path and turns around towards home is the very moment that he is forgiven by the father. Jesus tells us, that this is how our Father responds to us. The moment that we see that we have separated ourselves from God, the moment we stop, turn around, and head down that path towards home again, that is the moment that we are already forgiven by God and welcomed home with great love, joy, and celebration. This is indeed a new system of justice, a system where we don't get what we deserve. And honestly, thank God we don't get what we deserve.
we are all saved from our punishment by the redeeming love of God. A love that wants to gather us up, forgive us, embrace us, kiss us, and adorn us in robes and rings. We get so much more than we deserve. We get abundant love and overflowing mercy that has the power to transform our lives. The mercy that God shows us in our lowest moments of despair and separation is far more powerful and instructive than that punishment that society thinks is fair. When we are met with unconditional love that is truly not deserved in any way, our hearts become transformed. We experience that moment of mercy as the most magnanimous gift we could possibly ever receive. That kind of gift changes us and begins to create space for God's love to grow inside us. And as we continue to experience that beautiful and abundant, undeserved love from God, it overflows from us and pours forth to all of those around us. And then unconditional grace and mercy of God can begin to change the world. Amen. <laughs>